Hi, I'm Manika Raman-Wilms, and you're listening to The Decibel from The Globe and Mail. On Monday, the federal industry minister met with executives from Canada's big telecom companies. They were discussing Friday's countrywide outage of Rogers' internet and cell networks. What I've demanded and expect telecom uh, companies in Canada is to enter into a formal agreement within 60 days of today to cover treating. That's Minister François-Philippe Champagne. First, mutual assistance during outage. The second thing is emergency roaming and communication protocols uh, to better inform the public and the authorities during these times of crisis. Millions of Canadians lost internet and cell service for an entire day. And businesses were also affected. For example, the company Interac and its debit system. Or even some 911 call centers. So it's no wonder the government is taking this seriously. So much of our economy and essential services run on these networks. And it does kind of, you know, make you think about the extent to which we do rely on, you know, connectivity for everything. And, you know, while connectivity has really enabled a lot of progress in society, you know, it is also vulnerable, as we can see. Alexandra Pozatsky has been covering Rogers extensively. She's the Globe's telecom reporter. And today, she'll help us understand why this outage had such a major impact, how this could affect Rogers, and what all this means for our hyper-connected lives. This is The Decibel. Alex, it's great to see you again. Thanks for chatting with me. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. The Rogers news just like never ends, apparently. <laughs> that is correct. So Rogers has over 11 million wireless customers, um, and it also supports 3 million people at Fido, customers at Tech Savvy. A lot of Canadians were affected by Friday's outage. What has Rogers said about how it's going to make this up to customers or, or compensate people? Uh, they've promised to proactively provide credits to customers who are affected. And I understand that those credits are going to cost them uh, in the realm of 65 to $75 million. That's according to analysts. Hmm, okay. I think most of us, honestly, just kind of take having working internet for granted these days. Uh, but an outage like this does really kind of make us stop and think about it. Do we know what caused it? So the Rogers CEO, Tony Staffieri, uh, put out a statement on Saturday that said that Rogers was doing an update to its core network and that that caused some of its routers to malfunction. So there's two aspects of a wireless network. There's what's called the radio access network or the RAN, and then there's the core network. And so like the radio access network are kind of all the towers at the edges that are kind of sending the signal to customers. And then that data is being processed in what's called the core of the network. Okay. And it's actually a bit misleading. There's typically more than one core around the country because you don't want to have to route all of that data back to just one place, which would be very slow. Um, he has also promised to do a full root cause analysis to figure out exactly what happened and to make changes to the network, uh, essentially to prevent something like this from happening again. So can we kind of break this down a bit? What happened to bring down 
cell and internet service together in this outage. So where do those two systems converge? Well, there's a lot of blur, honestly, because the fiber sort of provides the backhaul for the towers that are then transmitting service, uh, you know, wirelessly to your phone. Um, however, you know, more and more we're seeing things like fixed wireless access being used to deliver home internet service for people. Um, in the States, there's a really big push towards delivering home internet service through 5G, which is a trend we haven't quite seen here in Canada yet. But, you know, basically on a, at a very high level, um, the wireless infrastructure does kind of rely on cable infrastructure to quite a great extent. Hmm. So there was significant public outcry about this outage, especially because Canadians, we already pay so much for wireless services, for internet and for cell services. And this kind of revitalized then a discussion about Canadian telecoms being an oligopoly. How does criticism around competition play in here? There is absolutely sort of a prevailing view among a lot of consumers that, you know, Canadians don't have enough choice in terms of their telecom providers. There's also sort of a view among many consumers and consumer advocates that, you know, Canadians pay high prices. And of course, you know, this outage comes at a really terrible time for Rogers as it's actually looking to acquire uh, Western uh, cable company Shaw Communications uh, in a $26 billion takeover, which would essentially combine two of the country's largest cable networks. And so, you know, a lot of people were kind of opposed to this deal before this outage happened. And when you have something like this happen, um, affecting a company that, you know, is already viewed as being large and is now essentially asking regulators for permission to grow even larger, that's going to lead to a lot of concern uh, from customers and from critics, um, you know, with regards to how an outage like this might affect affect even more customers in the future. Yeah, this is an interesting thing to bring up, this merger and, and this outage happening at this time then. The, the Competition Bureau in Canada is actually trying to block this merger. Why don't they want this merger to go through? The commissioner of competition has a view that, you know, this deal will lead to poorer service and higher prices, particularly for wireless customers. Shaw, of course, is the owner of Freedom Mobile, which is a wireless carrier that has customers in Ontario, Alberta, and BC. And in recent years was really viewed as being quite disruptive in terms of, you know, not just offering competitive pricing, but also larger data buckets. And so, you know, for Rogers to acquire Shaw, uh, there's an expectation that they're going to sell Freedom Mobile. So Rogers has struck a deal to sell Freedom Mobile to Quebec or Inc., which owns Videotron, which is a, a Quebec uh, telecom. And, you know, the question in front of the regulators is whether Videotron will be able to kind of maintain the level of competition that Freedom Mobile, you know, had prior to this merger. So Canada has a few companies. We don't have a lot of choice when it comes to cell service, internet service in Canada. Is that unique to Canada or is this an issue in other countries as well? I wouldn't say that we're necessarily that different in terms of the number of major carriers that we have. We've actually seen the U.S. market moving towards consolidation and having fewer uh, large carriers. That being said, one thing that is kind of different about Canada is that we don't have a prevalence of MVNOs, um, which are uh, mobile virtual network operators. So these are kind of smaller companies that would piggyback on the networks of the larger carriers. They would do so for a fee. Um, 
and they typically would offer competitive pricing. And so, you know, unlike in the United States, for example, where there's been a proliferation of MVNOs in Canada, we haven't really quite seen them take off. That being said, having, you know, MVNOs wouldn't have necessarily done anything to prevent a situation like this from happening um, because, you know, any MVNO that would have been riding on the Rogers network would have also been affected by the outage. We've talked about this before, but maybe you can just remind us, why why is internet and cell service so expensive in Canada? Why do we end up paying so much money for this service? The telecoms have said, um, they pointed out that Canada is a pretty vast country. And so building networks over a vast country is expensive. Additionally, Canadian wireless carriers have paid some of the higher prices for Spectrum. Uh, Spectrum are sort of the um, wireless airwaves that are used to sort of transmit uh, mobile signals. And so when companies pay higher prices to the government for these Spectrum licenses, then some of that cost is presumably going to get passed on to the end user. However, you know, a lot of consumer advocates don't buy this explanation. They say that the companies simply are not uh, competing enough with each other. Um, and the Competition Bureau put out a study a couple of years ago now during uh, the CRTC, the telecom regulators wireless proceeding that essentially found that the big three do control the vast majority of the market. And so, um, you know, the Bureau found that in markets where you had a regional disruptor, such as Videotron or Freedom, you did have prices come down when that regional competitor had a larger proportion of market share. And when you say the big three there, you mean Rogers, Bell, Telus? That's right. With this outage that we saw, there were some services beyond just the regular cell and internet service that we think of being disrupted. There were other services, of course, that were affected as well. Uh, as you said, Interact, point of sale machines, things that really cause people to think about just how reliant we are on wireless technology. And so there's there's some talk now about building redundancies into, into banking and emergency services so that if this kind of service does go down, if there's an outage again, they have a backup and people aren't as disrupted. Is, is that the kind of thing that people should be thinking about as well? I mean, yes, having resilient networks is obviously uh, very important. I believe Interact put out a statement over the weekend that said that they're going to be adding another supplier, which would essentially kind of build a bit of redundancy into their network. Um, as well, the industry minister, Francois-Philippe Champagne, met with the CEOs of all of the major telecoms on Monday afternoon to kind of discuss, you know, different potential measures that could, you know, make Canada's telecom um, uh, networks more resilient. One of the sort of measures um, that was discussed was actually a mutual assistance framework, which essentially would kind of require the telecoms to work together in the case of emergencies and natural disasters. Um, however, I understand from, you know, speaking with sources that such a framework would not necessarily have done anything to prevent or to help to remedy this network outage at Rogers because it did occur in the core of the network. And so because it was an issue in the Rogers core network, essentially only Rogers could uh, fix it. Is this a wake up call, I guess, to, you know, maybe for us to keep an envelope of cash under our mattress somewhere, or just not rely so much on our, our cards? Like, is this something we should be thinking about, maybe? 
That's definitely something that I have been thinking about ever since this happened. Um, you know, I actually had dinner plans on Friday and was kind of frantically messaging the people I was supposed to meet with and asking if they had any cash on hand in case the restaurant was not able to process credit card transactions. You know, we hear so much about moving to a cashless society uh, and then something like this happens and you see these humongous lineups at the ATMs and, you know, people aren't able to pay for their cabs into the office and are, you know, asking cab drivers to drop them off at the ATM so that they can take out cash to pay for their transaction. And it does kind of, you know, make you think about the extent to which we do rely on, um, you know, connectivity for everything. And, you know, while mm-hmm. connectivity has really enabled a lot of progress in society, um, you know, it is also vulnerable, as we can see. And so I think after this incident, I will definitely be keeping more cash on hand for emergencies. Yeah. Yeah. We saw how how kind of vulnerable the system can be, right? Like even the weekend concert in Toronto was canceled because it was such a reliance on mobile tech in order to scan those tickets and everything. And you realize just how how really how reliant we are on these systems. The weekend concert, which I should add, was at uh, scheduled to be at the Rogers Center. Ironically enough. Um, Before I let you go, Alex, I I do kind of want to ask about this outage, I guess, in the context of a lot of other reporting you've done on Rogers as well. We've talked a lot about the family drama, the behind the scenes stuff that's been going on at the company. Had this outage happening at this time, I guess, what impact do you think this has on, on the bigger picture of this company here? That's a great question. Um, I think it's something that, you know, a lot of people are still kind of really digesting in terms of, you know, the stock price performance. You know, there are financial impacts to this. We already talked about, um, you know, the credits that Rogers is going to have to issue. Um, we're obviously going to see some disgruntled customers leaving the company, um, you know, which could kind of hurt quarterly performance in terms of um, what's called churn, which is sort of the rate of monthly customer turnover. The company is also going to have to you know, spend more money on retaining customers. And then, of course, you know, the big question really is around, you know, the Shaw transaction. And does this increase, you know, the regulatory risk on this deal, you know, which already is quite delayed. There's currently a July 31st outside date for this deal to close. Um, That hasn't been extended yet. And, you know, Minister Champagne, who is meeting with telecoms, He's told Rogers CEO Tony Staffieri that the situation is unacceptable. And, you know, Mr. Champagne is actually one of the two regulators other than, you know, the Competition Bureau who actually still has to approve this transaction. And so, you know, I'm not suggesting uh, in any way that this outage is going to be the sole factor on which he decides whether to approve the Shaw deal or not. But, Certainly, it's going to have some sort of, you know, weight in terms of uh, his deliberations. So what happens if the Rogers Shaw deal doesn't actually happen by July 31st? If the Rogers uh, Shaw merger doesn't go through, Rogers essentially owes Shaw a $1.2 billion break fee, um, as well as an additional $120 million for Shaw having redeemed its preferred shares. So there is a pretty big financial incentive here for Rogers to get this deal done. Um, as well, Shaw would kind of be in a tricky spot here because they sat out the most recent 5G wireless spectrum auction. Um, and so for them to now have to build 
out 5G on their own um, could potentially be challenging. That said, there is another 5G spectrum auction on the horizon, so they could, um, you know, get some more spectrum that way as well. I think they have a right to receive some spectrum as part of their break fee from Rogers. Um, Shaw has also not been attracting as many wireless customers um, to its business as it used to um, and has not been investing as much in that part of its business. And so they would be left in a significantly weakened competitive position should this deal not go ahead. Is there any reason to think that an outage won't happen again? Rogers has, you know, made some promises to customers to say that they are going to be making changes to their network. And so, you know, and that they're going to be performing this root cause analysis to get to the bottom of what happened here. I mean, look, like network outages are always possible, not just at Rogers, at any telecom, across other industries, right? Um, financial industries, um, Amazon, AWS, like basically broke the internet in 2017. And so there are always points of failure and it's always possible that things could go wrong. So, you know, is another outage possible? Absolutely. Are customers frustrated by the fact that this is now the second outage in less than two years? Uh, definitely. So yeah, definitely it's possible. Alex, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. No worries. Thanks for having me. That's it for today. I'm Manika Raman-Wilms. Our summer producer is Zara Kozema. Michal Stein helped edit this episode. Our producers are Madeline White, Cheryl Sutherland, and Rachel Levy-McLaughlin. David Crosby edits the show. Kasia Mihailovich is our senior producer, and Angela Pachenza is our executive editor. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.